all the time. Yeah, we know that one. He is. God has never, ever let me down. And I'm sure he's never let you down either. Sometimes we let ourselves down, but God has, he'll never let us down, which is wonderful, isn't it? That we can try, you know, the world's so full of um, people that you cannot trust. Not saying that in here, I trust you people. But there are people out there and there's people in positions of authority perhaps that you can't t totally trust. But our God is totally trustworthy. So that's really awesome. So today I'm talking about spirit-filled, oh, it's not there, spirit-filled, spirit-led. And uh, God wants us to be spirit-filled and he wants us to be led by the Holy Spirit. And especially, we're coming into some very special days, I believe, very soon, that, you know, that God's glory is going to hit this earth. And I don't care how long we've been saying that, we're so close now. <laughs> and uh, that really, days of glory are, are totally upon us. And it may not look like it in the natural, you can't see it, but it's coming. It really is coming. And uh, I mean, we've had the glory of God come into this house uh, many a time in the past. I'm just trying to think how long we've been built this place in 19, what was it, 1990? Who would remember? Was that about it, Dawn? 1990? Gwen? Round about then, was it? <laughs> I think so. Um, and we had, very, we had money just to buy the property, plus we needed a bit more. And I remember past, we were all in here, got everyone to come here, and it was just an old, broken-down... Um, Joinery factory, yeah. And it even had the big, you know, big thing that sucks up all the dust and stuff. And we said to, Don said to the people, he said, uh, well, the good news, this place is ours. The bad news is that we've got no money to do it up. <laughs> but I tell you, God just moves supernaturally. And every week we started, this place was uh, being changed and built. Each week, money just would come in enough to have enough materials to, to do what was needed. And we had um, people in this church, like Gordon, wherever you are, I can't see you there, Gordon. Uh, yeah, and others in this church, you know, who just came, the ladies to, as well, came and worked here and, re and built this place. And um, so it's been, it's not that we ever dropped, you know, God didn't just necessarily drop thousands and thousands in our in our uh, offering basket or anything like that. But he, we had to step out in faith. We totally had to step out in faith in building this place, and we're very thankful for it. Uh, so we've been here quite some time, and we've had many wonderful moves of the Spirit of God in this place. And, and God is already he's moving again. He's, he's moving. He's moving. You may not have picked it up yet, but he is moving and he's going to do something powerful and wonderful, but not just in this church, but um, throughout the nation and nations. So watch out. Don't miss out. Don't let it be the day, oh, I don't think I'll go to church today. And then you hear about what's happened. You think, oh, no, I should have been there. Yes, you should have. <laughs> anyway, so God wants us to be spirit-filled and spirit-led because of the times we're in. It says in John 16, verse 7, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, so that's Jesus talking, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And then in John, I want to read John 19 to 22. 
chapter 20 and verses 19 to 22. Then at the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, so Jesus has, was crucified and he's been resurrected. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, they were in there, locked themselves away because you know, their lives had been threatened as well. And Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed him them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now that wasn't the outpouring of the Spirit, but that was the moment they got born again. The Spirit of God renewed their spirit, recreated their spirits. And so they weren't yet filled. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we become new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Your old past is past. No, God doesn't remember it. And you shouldn't remind God of it either. You need to, if you've done things you're ashamed of, forgive yourself and just thank the Lord that you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And all the old things have passed away, and behold, all things in your life are new. Your spirit is brand new. And then it goes now in verse 18, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that wonderful? You know, that's what happens when we receive Christ. We become new creations in him. But, you know, Jesus is making it clear there is more. There's more to be born again. There is even more. Not only can we be born again of the Spirit of God, but we can be also filled with the Holy Spirit. And he wants to come and take up residence in each of us. And I know many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit, but if you never have been, there's something more for you. You can be filled, not just born of the Spirit, but you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Powerful, powerful thing. So in Acts chapter 1 and 3 and 4, we, after Jesus' re resurrection, he presented himself to the disciples many times over 40 days before ascending back to heaven. And Jesus told his disciples, you wait in Jerusalem, wait, until you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And they had to wait some time. I wonder if the church today would ever wait that long. <laughs> you would wonder, wouldn't you? It's a, they waited a little, quite, a, quite some time there. And uh, Jesus said, you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit. You will be immersed with the Holy Spirit. And all, all, they didn't know about the Holy Spirit at this point, except when Jesus said, I breathe on them, and he said, the Holy, you know, breathe the Holy Spirit upon them to recreate their spirits. So on Acts 2 and 1 to 4, we see the Holy Spirit came, he was poured out, he, he came in all his power and all his glory, and, they, and he filled the upper room. I like that. You know, Holy Spirit, when he comes, turns up, he doesn't just come in quietly. <laughs> he, he upsets things. <laughs> People get funny, you know, they get strange. Oh, well, there's strange manifestations. Hey, look, this is the Holy Spirit. He can do what he likes. He can do absolutely what he likes. And it says, He filled the upper room in Jerusalem, and the tongues of fire sat upon each. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I love that. The Holy Spirit is dramatic. He's so dramatic. You know, and a great boldness came upon all the disciples that day. Here they were hiding away, locked up, fearful of the Jews that they would come and take them and crucify them. And they were full of fear. But that, when, that, when the Spirit of God came into that place, they were bold, they were strong, they were no longer fearful, and they poured out into the streets of Jerusalem, preaching the gospel uh, and later performing miracles. So the Holy Spirit came on that day of Pentecost over 2,000 years ago, and he's still here on the earth to fill and to empower the body of Christ. Yet so many in the body of Christ seem powerless. That shouldn't be so. We should be moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, moving and working in miracles and gifts of healings and all these awesome things. But, you know, we all need to be hungry for more of the Holy Spirit. I think we get filled, we're excited for a while, then life knocks us around and we just sort of draw back within ourselves. But the whole, we need to be hungry. How hungry are you? Ask yourself, how hungry am I to be filled with the Holy Spirit where I can, you know, just, I can go, I can change things in people's lives. I can change my community. We need to be really hungry the Holy Spirit is not a force, nor is he a power. He is the third person of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We especially need him in these days. In this fullness of time, we have entered into the days of God's glory, the time of the greatest harvest of souls. That's where we are at. And my question is, if Jesus returns to his church soon, what condition would he find you in? Will you be lukewarm? Will you be living in strife, selfishness, sin? Or will he find you on fire for him? Will he find you filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, walking in love with one another, walking in holiness? What would he find? What would he find if he returned for his church right now? In Revelation, the book of Revelation, in chapter 2 and verse 4, Jesus appeared to John and he talked about the seven churches. He spoke about the church in Ephesus. Now, this was a good church. This was a good church. It says they had laboured in the gospel. They had no tolerance for those who were evil, yet Jesus said to them, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. In other words, I am no longer number one in your life. And so I'd ask you, where are you? Where are you in this? You know, if Jesus appeared, what would you say if he appeared to you? In verse 5 it says, Remember from, therefore from where you have fallen, Remember that day when you got born again. Remember the time we were filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you in that place still? Or you've got a bit ho-hum? Oh, I can't be bothered going to church today. Uh, you know, where are you? I can't be bothered helping those people. You know, where are you? Where are you? Anyway, Jesus said, 
Remember, in verse 5, Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. And that lampstand lamp refers to the, our light that's shining in the midst of a dark world. Because I tell you what, there's a lot of darkness out there. And we are to be example of God's light and holiness. And sadly, there are many Christians who have left their first love. They say they love Jesus, but they're no longer passionate like they were. They don't, you know, they, they gave their hearts to the Lord and they were excited and all of these things. But I would ask, where are you today? Other things have taken Christ's place. I know people, so many people, never go to church anymore. Christians call themselves Christians, but they don't go to church anymore. That's sad because this is the body of Christ. And we're told, he says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together, of yourselves together. We need, and he says, even more as you see the day approaching, we need each other. We need to come together. We need to be able to sit under the word, worship together, all of these things. And we can help one another. If somebody slips, we're there to lift them up and to help them. So there are believers that need to repent and rekindle their love for Jesus and stir up a passion to live for him and to do his will and to be continually filled with his Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, it talks about, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled. Literally, it means be being filled, continually being filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It doesn't mean you have to come up to me or somebody and start singing songs, <laughs> making melody. But we need to be, like we come here or at home, we need to be speaking to one another and then we, we sing you know, uh, things about God, wonderful things about God and making melody in our heart to the Lord. And uh, giving thanks always. It says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. In everything we give thanks, for this is the will of God. Sometimes it's not saying if you, God, if you get sick, you have to say, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm sick. No, in that situation, you give thanks to God and thank him for his goodness and his mercy and for that he is the healer. Jesus Christ is the, the healer. He's the giver. He's the giver of life. He brings life. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a power, but he's all-powerful. All so if we're going to fulfill our destinies and, and the calling which God has put on our lives, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to remain filled. And you don't fill your car up and think, now this is going to last me until I return home to heaven. You know, you expect, if I'm going to Auckland, I expect on the way I'm going to have to refill my car. Well, you know, we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And just, you know, wake up, Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, and I'm filled, and I want more of you, Lord, more of you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. More, Lord. I need more. You know, we need to, um, and you know, God's not going to hit you over the head for doing that. He's pleased. He's pleased if you do that. So if we're going to finish our race, if we're going to finish this race we have on the earth, we need to remain filled 
with the Holy Spirit. Be spirit-led and spirit-filled. So to be led of the Spirit, we need to understand this. Number one, your feelings are the voice of the body. Reason is the voice of the mind. And our conscience is the voice of our re recreated spirit. So what are you following? Feelings, reasonings, or your conscience? The voice of your recreated spirit. Remember also that the Holy Spirit, he speaks to our recreated spirit. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So those who have been led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, the ones following after Christ, the sons of, of God. If we call ourselves sons and daughters of God, we need to be led by the Spirit of God 24-7. Not just on a Sunday, oh, the Spirit said, come to church. <laughs> it's, it's a constant thing. We should be led by the Spirit constantly. If the Holy Spirit isn't leading you, let me ask you this. If it isn't the Holy Spirit, then who is? Is it your flesh, our flesh, our own fleshly desires, or the demonic realm? What is leading us if it's not the Holy Spirit? And let me ask you, who or what is leading you, yourself? You ask, I don't know, you have to ask yourself that. So firstly, we need to be able to trust and listen to our recreated spirit on the inside. What are you feeling in there? And our minds have to be renewed to the word of God. You have to get into the word of God. Renew your mind. If all you ever do is listen to other people, if you listen to the news, if you listen to other things, but you don't put the word in, that is filling your mind. And you need, to be able to, you need to have a renewed mind if you're going to recognise the spirit that's speaking inside of you. So we have to, you know, your mind will fight against you. You know, if it's all filled up with garbage, if it's filled up with doubt and unbelief, it's filled with fear, that's going to speak to you. You'll never hear the Holy Spirit. You need to get the word of God, renew your mind by the word of God so that you can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. In Romans 8.16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That's your recreated spirit. This actually is the number way that God will speak to us through that witness. You have something, I know that's right. You know that, you know that. Got it on the inside. It's not in your head, it's inside. You know if something is right or if it is wrong. You know that. And the Bible talks about our conscience being said. Your conscience is, is what's in here, your heart. You could call it your heart, the heart of your spiritual being. And it talks about your heart being hardened in 1 Timothy 4.2. If your conscience is hardened, you will never recognise or hear that impression that he is putting on your heart. And how do our hearts become hardened or seared? The Bible talks about being seared. It's, it's sin does it. It's when we depart from the faith. And it talks about speaking lies, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. When we ignore our recreated spirit, 
we ignore the inward witness on the inside prompting us, don't do that, or do this. But we ignore it, instead we listen to our flesh. Okay? Are you all here or you've disappeared? <laughs> it's, very, it's very quiet, it's very quiet. I know, it's quite a, it, it's a serious message. It is serious. We need, have to, we need to look at ourselves. We're, as I said, we're coming into some very exciting days. We want to be ready. You can't be suddenly, you know, you're going to, God's going to start moving and your flesh will be saying, that's not God, all that fuss. What are they doing down there? You know, what are they doing? See, you need to be ready for what God wants to do. You need to be ready for what God is telling you to do. What does he want you to do? Because our flesh definitely has a voice, doesn't it? You, when you woke up this morning, what is it telling you? Oh, have some breakfast. Your flesh definitely has a voice. When somebody uh, pushes in the line of, you know, when you're waiting, what does your flesh do? What does your flesh want to do? No, come on now. Because you're also godly, aren't you? It's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, God has given us all a free will. We choose. We're not forced to love God. We're not forced to do good for people. We're not forced to do any of these things. We freely choose Christ. We invited him into our lives. He had to be invited. He, he, God's not going to push his way on into us. Holy Spirit's not going to push his way into your life. Neither did Jesus. So we freely need to choose to listen to and obey the voice of the Spirit of God and your spirit, your born-again spirit. If we freely choose to listen to our flesh or to demonic voices or promptings, we're going to be totally way out of God's will. So if you know God's will, you'll be able to discern the difference. We need to know the word of God and you will be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. And for a start, the Holy Spirit will never, ever contradict the word of God. If he's telling you something, you say, I thought the word of God says this about that. Well, you, need, you should know what the word of God says because the word of God is, it will be, you know, it's able, if you know his word, you'll discern the difference between what is God and what is not. And the Holy Spirit, as I said, will never contradict, contradict the word of God. And he'll never ask you to do something or approve of something that is opposite to what the word of God says. Never. You could talk yourself around it, but no, it's not right. If you're going contrary to what the word of God says, you are not listening to the Holy Spirit. Your heart has become seared and hardened because you have chosen to reject what God is saying. So it's vital as believers we all spend time in the word. You know, you might say, I don't have time. You need to make time. We need to make time. Spend time in the word and listen to God. So when we do that, we are training our spirit to know the, from right, right from wrong. And it will strengthen you when you face something. You'll have the strength to say, no, that's not the way I'm going to go. So firstly, we train our spirit to know right from wrong. Secondly, when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we recognise it because Holy Spirit would never, like I said, contradict the Bible. The more you study God's word, the more you will hear and recognise God's voice, and the voice of the Spirit. The more you recognise on the inside 
a hesitation, a, uh, nothing too dramatic. I mean, it would be lovely to have flashing lights of God saying, this is what you're going to do. But, you know, it's not like that at all. It's just a check, if you like, or a hesitation, a feeling that something is not quite right on the inside. And it's the Holy Spirit impressing on your spirit something you either should be doing or something you shouldn't be doing. But if you are feeling a stillness or a peace or agreement in your spirit, then that would be the Holy Spirit confirming something to you. This is all part of being led by the Spirit. God wants you filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. No point being filled with the Spirit and then not following his leading. Waste of time. So God is interested in every part of our lives. Not just the spiritual side, but also the physical side. And this inward witness is the main way God will speak to us. Something you, you may be looking for a new job and you've been offered two jobs. What are you going to choose? Listen to what God is saying on the inside. Think of one job and see what you feel on the inside. Think of the other job and how you feel on the inside. You might say, oh, but your head say, oh, but I get more money at that one, or maybe they're offered you a car. But don't listen to that. Listen to what God is saying on the inside. And if you choose what's right, I tell you what, you'll end up with more than just more money and a car because you obeyed the voice of God. See, God wants, he does want you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed and walk in the blessings. I would love an audible voice. I'd love God to speak to me in an audible voice, but that is not the main way he leads us or speaks to us at all. It is that inward witness. In 1 John 5.10, it says, He that believes on the Son of God has a witness in himself. When, when you said yes to Jesus, did somebody have to tell you, oh, you are born again now, or did you know? You know on the inside, don't you? When I gave my heart to the Lord, nobody even knew I did. Funnily enough, and not at all. Um, but I knew I was, because immediately I felt a difference. Immediately I felt a love for people like I never felt before. Oh, and I felt everything just seemed different. So I, you know on the inside. So as sons of God, as sons and daughters of God, we can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit in this way. In Romans 8, 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And that's what happened to me. When, you know, when I was born again, going back quite a few years, 43 years, I must have been about five when I was born again. <laughs> not, not so, but anyway. So when I was born again, I, I was just on my own. I had been raised in a church, a denominational church, but I'd never heard about being born again. It just seems terrible, doesn't it? I just assumed I was, I believed Jesus, I knew Jesus had died on the cross, but I had never been told about being born again. And I wasn't. I wasn't born again. And uh, I know I wasn't now. When, once I got born again. But I read in Romans 10 and verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I, I was convicted about that. I was convicted that I wasn't saved. And, you know, I, I was sure I was, you know, I was. I was really sure I was going to heaven. But I hadn't even heard the term born again. And... Uh, and I never t was told, as I said, that you must be born again. 
You just assume you're going to heaven. I believe Jesus went to the cross, as I said, but I hadn't been taught that. So I believe that scripture in Romans 10 and verse 9, and I declared Jesus Christ, I asked him into my heart, I declared Jesus to be my Lord. And at that very moment, the word of God came alive in me. Why? Because now I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. I felt the difference. Old things had passed away. Behold, all things had become new. And now I was being led not only by the word of God, but also by, by my recreated spirit, because I was a new creation in Christ. So another way the Holy Spirit does lead us is by an inward voice. It says in Romans 9.1, I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. So our conscious conscience speaks to us as an inward voice. So we have that impression and we can have an inward voice. We call it the still small voice. It's quiet. It doesn't yell at you. But our spirit does have a voice. And you don't hear it with physical ears. You hear it with your spiritual ears. So remember that your born-again spirit is alive to God. We have the life of God in our spirits when born again. So our spirit will speak to us. When we were born again, we became partakers of that divine nature. God's divine nature nature. Isn't that, that's an amazing thing, that he would let us partake in his divine nature. And that's what's happened to you. If you've received Christ, you've been a partaker of God's divine nature. Now you've got to train your flesh to act like what you are on the inside. You need to train your flesh. Don't be flesh ruled. Be spirit ruled. And we are here as we don't want to be just hearers, but we need to be doers of the word. We hear the word and we do it. We apply it. If you're, that's why it's important to be in the word of God. It's important to be you know, in a church on Sunday because somebody might just say something that will change your life totally. So those who won't, you know, those who, who won't renew, don't renew their minds or just you know, fill it up with other stuff, they're going to find it very difficult to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit or the voice of their recreated spirit because it's filled up, their mind's filled up with all this other stuff. So we need to learn to listen not to our head but to our heart. Learn to recognise the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and the, spirit, the voice of your recreated spirit. And if you need to make an important decision and you're seeking God about it, you don't have to make a decision straight away. Don't let the enemy push you into make a decision which is the wrong one. Allow time. It says in Isaiah 28, 16, he that believes shall not make haste. In other words, don't, in other words, don't if you believe God's going to give you the answer, don't be hasty. Let it, hear it, and let it settle. And then make your decision. Don't be hasty. Remember, you're not listening for the Holy Spirit's voice from the outside. It will come from within. You need to build a strong inner man, spirit man. You, have a, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You possess a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. First of all, we are a spirit being. 
It was your little spirit attached to the little bit of flesh in your mother's womb. The spirit was attached and it then that came that brought life to that little bit of flesh. So we are a spirit first because the Bible says we lived in him, we lived and we moved and we had our being in God, our little spirit beings. And God sent each one, little your, your spirit was in heaven, down to this earth, joined to, the, joined to that little bit of flesh in your mother's womb. Then you were a living being at that particular time. So, <clears throat> build a strong inner man through prayer, praying in other tongues, reading and meditating upon the word and obeying the promptings. If someone keeps disobeying the inner promptings or, or the inner witness, their conscience will become seared and it will become hardened. It says in 1 Timothy 4.2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Keep a tender heart. Obey the inner promptings. Otherwise, your conscience will become seared or hardened. When you have serious burns, if you get, you know, you've seen people have been seriously burnt, and that becomes seared, their skin becomes seared, and they lose all feeling. And that's what's a bit like can happen in our spirit. You know, that we, our conscience becomes so seared we don't hear God anymore. But, you know, you can get that right. You can get on your face. You can repent to God and say, Father, I'm just so sorry. I haven't been listening to the promptings. I've not been reading the word of God. And I've, I'm not praying in other tongues. If you, can, if you are speaking in other tongues, you need to do all these things because we're in a world that's um, contrary to God, if you like. Everything is geared against us. But I know change is coming even with that in, in the earth today. Thank you, Jesus. Just finishing up here. So keep a tender conscience. Absolutely. So you can hear the promptings and hear God's still small voice, the Spirit's still small voice. Remember to live a Spirit-filled life and a Spirit-led life. You are God's children. You belong to him. You are special to God, and God put you here for a purpose in this day and in this hour to do something mighty for him. So choose to live right. Choose to spend time in God's word. Choose to spend time praying, speaking in other tongues. You know, when you speak in other tongues, it's like you're recharging your battery. So just keep a tender heart. Remember to live that spirit-filled life, and things will go well for you. They will go well. With practice, you will find yourself hearing daily the voice of God the, and the voice of your recreated spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. When, he, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's like it, it carries more authority than like your inner witness. So if you'll follow these things, you will find good success and you will prosper in every way. Amen? Amen. So Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, you're a God of truth. You're not a man that you would lie. Father, these are your children. You love them, you care for them, you care for each and every one. Father, you have a, an amazing future for each everyone. Even for this church, Father, you have an amazing future for this church. Lord, we want to be ready for what you're doing in these hours. We want to be ready, Father, when your glory covers the earth. We want to be ready, Father. We, we make a decision to be ready for what you're going to do, Father, and that we will make a choice 
to spend time in your word, praying in other tongues, Father, and just uh, worshipping you, spending time worshipping you. Father, I thank you for each and everyone here today. May we not miss the mark. May we be so filled with you that we know your voice and recognise your voice and we obey that voice. And Father, we will not miss what you have for us in this day and in this hour. So I thank you for each one here, Lord. Bless them, bless them, bless them. And if today, maybe, I mean, I would think most of you or all of you are born of the Spirit of God. But if you're not, you say, well, I don't think I've ever really made a quality decision. And you, you need to. And if you want to, we'll pray with you. We're going to pray with you. And uh, if you want prayer for anything, if you need healing in your body, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. Lord, what a great place to be filled with the Spirit of God speaking in other tongues. So I just, um, I just bless you all and I'm going to release you. We're going to have prayer up the front if you want it. And uh, you can go out into the cafe and get coffee there, laugh, having a latte or something like that, flat white. <laughs> food out there, delicious food out there. Uh, they, the girls out there are just amazing. So uh, we love you all. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for all of those that have served here. You're amazing. You were here for such, you were born for such a time as this. And you're still alive. We're not going anywhere, okay?